0: Welcome, friends and family, to Random Number 85. That's right, 85 episodes of Roomies and Movies. Uh, we're going to talk the finale of Breaking Bad Season 5, the second part, Episode 9 through 16. And boy, what a fucking wild ride it was. Um, I believe you saw Serenity this weekend, right? Yeah. Did you make it to Green Book 2?
1: No weirdly okay, i went so I... I went yesterday and like oh, okay. the fucking the theaters here are so dumb during the winter they have showings at four and seven that's all they show <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it was really sporadic between that and serenity like if i was gonna have to drive out of town to catch them like there were two showings a day and they were so far apart i was like well i can only catch one of them so um so i caught green book he caught serenity uh we both watched the kid Who would be king And then we watched Polar on Netflix as well. Did you watch any of the uh, regular shows as well?
1: Uh, Yeah, I watched uh, Deadly Class, and I caught up on the next two episodes of The Passage.
0: Okay, yeah, I only watched one of The Passage, but I was surprised how quickly that moved forward. Um,
1: Yeah, I did too. I Also, definitely, I thought they were going to be on the run forever, and you know, they're caught by the end of the second episode, so maybe the show might have some hope.
0: That's how it seemed like it was going to be, and then like you reminded me last week how um she was narrating it that he kind of got lost so I figured that he gave himself up and then she he she took off with Sloan, but then I was like, oh well, this is a new fold uh it's really cool seeing all the vampire shit them talking to each other and mind stuff um you get a little backstory on Desmond's why he did this and um it seems, seems like they're showing the pitfalls that came from that as well um yeah and, uh, just <laughs> in,
1: uh, in last night's episode which it was on because like i went to watch the second episode last night and like 10 o'clock the third episode was up already i was like that's really weird get that quick? but uh they, you get the backstory on the the blonde vampire in that one and like what how she was on death row and stuff uh so they're kind
0: of fleshing all these characters out. And I kind of enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm really digging it. Um, it, it. When they started giving a little bit of why Desmond did this, it felt like they were going to explore all the reasons I didn't give a shit. <laughs> because it's like this character we had a glimpse at. And then it's like, this is why all of this has unfolded. Um, and really all I want him to do and talk about is the vampire. So it'll be interesting how the kid comes into play with all that and sees how they um, implement her into the program, how the program uh, keeps going on. Um, also, the new vampires and the the main vampire, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm really digging it. That's, yeah. really, that's really about it for Passage. But um, So did you dig dead in class?
1: It's fine. Uh, I didn't like it as much as the pilot, but it's okay. Uh, I think they're digging a little deeper into the characters, as which I want, but I, I don't know. It's just not quite there for me yet.
0: Uh, opposite of me. I really like this one way more than the... Because the, the things that I had problems with the first issue, or the first... Uh, episode was the how they were playing uh Saya against marcus and like it seems like they are keeping their true to the books um it's just they're going the long way around it just to flesh these characters out more which i'm totally cool with because i think giving chico that motivation rather than just having him show up when he does um is going to make that scene even more better, it, even more incredible. Um, Remender teased scenes from the Acid Trip, so I know that's coming. So um, it's also interesting to like see this the master. Uh, fuck, I can't think of his name, but Wong um, figure out how to work with his students, and um, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how it how it um keeps unfolding and where kind of the cutoff point from this uh first volume is if they just do the first volume, which seems like they're pretty much going full speed. So probably half this, half this season's probably volume one and probably go into volume two after that. So yeah, I'm digging it Ooh, for sure. I'll try again. I don't know.
1: It just hasn't grabbed yeah. me.
0: Yeah. Um, and if it feels like it's, it's going to cross lines where you dig an episode and I don't and like vice versa. So, uh, I'm excited to see how that all unfolds as well. So to see at the end of the season, if both of us are kind of on the same page, but for different reasons, why not? So, um, also I went to go look at the visit and, uh, no, no. (laughs) It's a horror movie about visiting grandparents. No, I can't listen. I want to believe that I'm brave enough to take on that challenge, but everything about that seems like it'll scare the shit out of me. And I just you're such a, you're such a baby. <laughs> Am I wrong to think that it's not a horror movie? It's no, it's not. Hmm, I don't like the way you say that. It, it makes it feel like you're very much trying to trick me. Maybe for next week. Maybe I'll figure out how to watch it. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, I know I was uh, quite vocal with you about how the last half of this Breaking Bad kind of unfolded. Man, there were some really high-tension moments. Was there yeah. anything else you wanted to talk about before we get into Breaking Bad? Uh, sh- nope. we we'll just go into it
1: because we'll I want to hear. It. I want to hear. I I definitely thought you might have killed yourself. Like I didn't hear from you after <laughs> episode uh, fourteen.
0: Uh, so full spoilers. I mean, if you're at this point, you haven't watched it, skip the fuck over this because everything's gonna get spoiled at this point. Um. I was watching two episodes a night for those first three nights after random last week and got to the big buildup and Breaking Bad completely broke me. Like, I was done with the series. I didn't want to watch the last two. Like, I was over it (laughs) because that last – or episode 14 just – encapsulated everything i needed to and uh, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago about how the perception of what could possibly happen is so much more evil to me than you so like if it would have ended with 14 would have been perfect series in my book um so i did kind of watch those last two episodes Two nights ago, so there was two nights break or um, breathing room between them, and I was like, you know what, I should probably just finish it up. And like, those last two episodes are kind of like the last 10 minutes of Cloverfield Lane to me. It kind <laughs> of just kicks it in the teeth. Like, I love everything up to those last two episodes, but I mean, it's not necessarily saying they're terrible, but... Um, if it would have ended with 14, like it would have just been perfect for me.
1: No, I agree. I think the if it had ended with Ozzy it would have been great, but I also do feel like I need i I don't think I could live not getting resolution to Jesse's story like I think that's it's the true it's
0: true um, and what's so weird about that is so when we started this entire run, I was very much sure that Jesse wasn't gonna make it through the run. Um, to have the last 10 seconds realize that Jesse's the one that survives and Walt doesn't. So, when they're talking about the movie that they're making from this and using Jesse, I thought it was going to be a prequel, which I think it still probably is, but I haven't looked into it. But, like, it makes more sense that he's a, a character in a movie that they're trying to spin off, or whatever. Um, but yeah, Ozymandias, Ryan Johnson is just. He is this evil mastermind that is an incomparable un- force of storytelling that I think is just going to. I mean, you see the controversy he kicked up with uh, Star Wars Episode 8. Like, I think that's just because he's such a great storyteller in the way he directs and everything like that. Um, obviously, the pieces that fell together for that episode um also speaking to what you just said um having closure on the series having knowing that they can't go further with walt um kind of putting the bow on the whole series i think that was good too um i was giving it a lot of crap but i mean those last two episodes are still very powerful like of everything that unfolds um i I think
1: i guess i'll take it back i guess you need that very last episode, <clears throat> if for nothing else, when Walt finally admits to Skyler that it wasn't about family, that he did it because he liked it and was good at it, you need that yeah. character to finally own up to that.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, let's see. Um, also, I was doing – it was weird. For the all these seasons, I was just kind of in the moment for the show and, like, really wasn't thinking forward. Um, so, uh, earlier in season five, we see him getting the machine gun and like looking it over and it's this flash forward scene. And it's like, um, I kept feeling like he was just going to go back and get his money. It felt like a very Walt thing to do that. Um, they had wronged him and he was going to make them pay for it, but it seemed like he just had given up the will to give a shit. Um, um, but then it's re- a kind of sweet moment when he realizes Jesse's still alive and how he's going to to rescue him one last time. See, um, I uh, I don't know if I buy it that way. It's true. It's true. I totally think it was more of a revenge. Um, I was so after Ozzy Mandius, I and thinking about it for two. I hope Walt goes in there with the intention of getting his money back and then Jesse just jumps him and kills him. I thought that would be the most powerful way to end the series. Um, well, Jesse I think getting it's
1: his revenge. Well, I think it's way more powerful that Jesse won't, you know, when in that, in that scene where, you know, he has the gun on Walt and Walt's like, do it. And Jesse's finally like, I won't kill for you again. If you want to do it, do it yourself. You know, I'm not going to be your pawn anymore.
0: No, no, absolutely, one thousand percent, and and I am fighting with myself to. The problem I have is that Ryan Johnson or the pieces that put the story together are doing an exemplary job, and they're better at storytelling than I am. Where I would have just gone for the revenge kill, Jesse would have walked away and satisfied, knowing that he ended that terrible life but having him see Walt wounded from his own cockiness and ego, um, stupidity planned, um, and catching the bullet from the machine gun and like realizing he's going to die and he doesn't need to kill him. Like is such a more powerful moment than actually taking that revenge. And like, Gives me hope that Jesse found some closure in all of this, um, even though he's been tortured for the last year or so um, and forced to cook. Like, it's such a shit. Like, Jesse's had a shit situation this entire run. And necessarily, like, nothing got better for him, but he's definitely got Walt out of his life that he doesn't have to worry about that aspect anymore.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, when they announced. The the movie and that it was going to go with Jesse. I texted my buddy who I also got to watch Breaking Bad, who put it off forever. And I was like, dude, like, one hand I'm excited, but on the other hand, I don't know that I can see this character get tortured anymore. Like, leave, you know, let this character be. Like, he's been through so much.
0: Mm -hmm. And is it it Gillian that's writing that movie
1: then? Yeah, apparently he's going to write and direct it.
0: See, and that's the problem with it. I feel this now Jesse's the surprise character of this whole series that has surprised me time and time again that like the beautifully crafted well-written character and like here I am coming up with theories that how he could be played off and like to stay true to the character he has to get the shit kicked out of him like he just has to have no breaks coming toward them and like just fighting through all this shit Um, and on the other side like you've seen him grow into a very intelligent person and show that he's capable of these grander schemes I guess and ways of getting out of things and like so I'm excited either way like if it's a prequel and him showing through those edges that he's catching on to what's going on or kind of well, I Figuring think it's uh, a better way than normal. So
1: it—I uh, do believe it is a sequel, because the log okay. line said something about like you know before it was revealed that it was about Jesse or whatever. You know, like how people figured it out pretty quickly was like the small description they put out the movie was like um, a young man tries to get his life back together after surviving a kidnapping. Hmm.
0: Wow. So, yeah, I'm fucking in for oh. it. Um, also, and I'm trying to, uh, to see that Saul didn't die, right? No, because he has his own TV show, man. See, and I thought that was a prequel to Breaking Bad because of it. It
1: is, but there are flash-forwards.
0: Oh, okay. Nice.
1: Because, like, um, I, I've watched the first season of it. and it, It's good. I like it. It's a lot different, but it's good. Um, But it shows him, and, you know... He's working as a manager of Addison and Bun in Omaha, just like he talked about in the episode.
0: Nice. Hell yeah. Um, no, it's interesting to see those characters as well because, like, I figured once Hank died, it was all bets off and, like, anybody was expendable at that point. Um, even with the flash forward, you see Hank, or not Hank, uh, Walt walking around by his lonesome. So you figure maybe his, his family had gotten it. So, um, yeah. Diving further in, going all the way back to episode eight then. Um, we left the first half of Hank finding the book with um, the little signed inscription. Um, so he goes, verifies it. Uh, Jesse not wanting this money that has been given to him. We find out the cancer's back for Walt. And then, uh, Jeffy goes throwing away this money literally out his window. Uh, and then Walt and Hank have their their standoff, which in that garage scene, like there's so many moments in this back half that were so exemplary. And that was just the, the kickoff. And like, that's the end of the first episode back. Like, it yeah, was hard to me. not go past two episodes each time I was watching. Cause like, when you said you watched it straight through, I was like, I can absolutely see why um, now. Like, this, these eight episodes were great. So Yeah, you know, I mean,
1: the main part, I'd say, between the the confrontation between Walt and Hank, you know, it's first, Walt is <laughs> trying to persuade him, right? He's saying, I, I'm going to be dead in six months. It's not going to matter. There's not going to be a trial. You're not going to be able to catch me. Just let it go. And then Mm -hmm. Hank not being able to, like, understand that his brother-in-law, his family could do this. And then Walt just threatening him, you know, like, you know what I'm capable of, so maybe you should back the fuck off.
0: Yeah, and then it comes this tug of war between Walt and Hank for the next few episodes where uh, Hank tries persuading uh, Skyler. Um, Then you get that great scene with Huell and um, Bill Burr. With the stack of money in the storage closet. And, and he was just like, fuck it. And just lays down on what would become $80 million worth. Um, we find out later in the episodes. Um, yeah, because have... Walt,
1: Walt is smart enough to know that there is no proof. Hank has no proof unless he can find the money. That's the only thing mm-hmm. that could tie Walt to any of this. Uh, so, so you have him going out and that. burying the money, yeah. And not only burying it, but burying it in the spot that him and Jesse first cooked at in the first episode.
0: Mm, And you get that great flashback scene of, and, like, that was Ozymandias, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep, that's why. So, (laughs) like, dude, it's so good. Like, they not only show him them cooking in the RV once for that first time, but you see him making that call to his wife and them find, figuring out that they wanted Holly for coming from the standoff shootout from the end of episode 13 into that just really sweet moment to set you up for everything that happens next. Like I think I was live tweeting you as things were unfolding and it's like every 20 seconds was just a fucking veer to the left. Like that, that fucking roller coaster of an episode. And like I had built it up so far and then I hadn't even gotten to the point where he reveals that he he could have saved Jane but didn't and like the life leaves Jesse and like <laughs> a detriment of gratitude to those two characters being able to play off each other so well, like damn it. That that one episode was so fucking worth watching through these five seasons of worth. And like, yeah, there's, just- I mean, it's,
1: I'm not the only person who says it, but I definitely will champion it forever. That I think it's the best hour of dramatic TV ever. Like everything just, it's all built to that for five years and it doesn't let up. And it's just so everything's in line for the characters, you know, like Walt has, you know, and in, in that scene, Walt's lost control, right? He can't control Mm -hmm. Uncle Jack and the Nazis, and he's losing everything, and Hank's been killed. And the only thing he knows how to do is to lash out and hurt Jesse. You know, there's no reason to tell Jesse about Jane, except that he wants to feel powerful again, that he's been emasculated at that point, so he needs to hurt someone.
0: Yeah, and more so than that, you see everybody in the episode on their A-game. Like, Jesse, when he's found... Um, Hank when he's in the dirt and realizes he's going to die like and tells Walt that he's the smartest person and he doesn't even realize that he's already made up his mind that he's gonna kill him like and Walt losing his money but then losing his mind when he finds Jesse and like even though Walt had put a hit out on Jesse, Jesse ratting him out to the police was a bigger deal to him and like he had it was all bets off at that point. And then you get the scene from Marie going to Skyler at the car wash and having them tell their son, like, obviously you wouldn't want to find that out on the news. So it's such a surreal moment. Like how would you um, introduce that, that scenario to your son that you've been lying to for the last half a year, at least um, onward to like, um the knife fight with, oh God uh, Walt and Skyler and then uh Walt stealing Holly like and not only that but, but like
1: Walt Jr the one who has yeah. been there for Walt every step of the way through all of his lies throws himself between the two to save his mom and calls the cops on his dad you know mm-hmm. and you get that moment of Walt just screaming, you know, like, we're a family, what's wrong with you? And then he breaks, and he realizes he's destroyed
0: all of this, that he has ruined everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you get that torture scene, and I think that's the part that really broke me, like, all of this shit came out, like, um, these two characters play off each other so well, uh, Walt and Jesse, that, like, up to this point, I hadn't seen the monster that Walt had become. But the moment he told him about Jane and like being there and letting her die, like the viciousness of that moment um, and then Jesse getting dragged away. and then the next time you see him he's got that that gouge out of his his nose and it's very re- reminiscent of guts from berserk, one of my favorite series. and then I realized like, the Walt well, is the Griffith of the situation and like he wants to succeed and better everybody, but at all costs like all bets are off and like there's no there's not a length he won't go to realize his own dream and then you have Jesse just fucking getting the shit kicked out of him at every turn just wanting to help help him obtain his whatever he wants to do so. Just kind of along for the ride and getting the shit kicked out of him along the way. Like, man, fucking – I it was ridiculous. And I was going to text you that I was going to watch the last two episodes, but I was like, no, we'll just continue on. If there's something of note that I got to talk to you about, I would. But, yeah, we'll get it out here. So, man.
1: Yeah. And no, and I think – the last three episodes, I think it's a personal preference on what you want. I think any three of oh, them yeah. could have been an ending for that show. Um, I think Ozymandias is the 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 dark realization of what the show is and how awful and brutal and inhumane it is. And I think it's more natural of the endings. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, yeah, yeah. It's more in line with the tone of the series. Um, I think... I think the last episode gets a little too – a little too kind of almost sweet in its goodbyes to these characters, you know? Walt almost gets a little too redeemed, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: But then again, Um, I I struggle with that too because I (sighs) – watching it again, I still don't know. Like, part of me feels like he went to the clubhouse to not only, like, take his revenge on – Uncle Jack and the Nazi crew, but I think he was there to kill Jesse too. Like the scene where Badger and Skinny P are talking to him in the car and they're like, You know, you're still making that stuff. It's good. And he's like, I'm not. It must be Jesse. And the way he says Jesse's name, you know, it's so Mm -hmm. full of content, contempt. Like he hates that Jesse's still making his product and it's still out there and he's not getting the credit for it. God damn
0: it. Yeah, there's so much to unpack still from these. episodes like um, yeah you see him him kind of turning that leaf and where he finally figures out a way to get the money to his family without him being around it um, beating his partners like it just seemed like he was just gonna go on a uh, wild streak of revenge and just kill everybody in his wake um, and then he's just like piles up the money like get that to my family and uh, we'll see you later. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then the Stevie or the Ryson payoff, like to have it done in such a petty way, <laughs> but finally used, like you get that from the flash forward and like when he taped it up a couple times in season four, like to have him return to that and just grab it from the wall and like trying to figure out who was going to use it on, and then it's it stayed on the cup of tea for a little too long. I was like, aha, yep, she's been poisoned. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Because it really didn't make any sense to how to poison anybody else like that, so, yeah. What a great fucking series. And yep. I'm also glad it took me this long to get it, because we get to see the fucking vacuum repair man as the sheriff from Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> i was I was flabbergasted on how this all unfolded, and like I'm so appreciative of what a high bar it set, considering uh from the first season, I thought it was just gonna be this ridiculous wild ride of just making drugs and getting away with it, and it turned out to be so much more,
1: so so yeah. do you feel? that it is right when people say it's one of the best TV shows ever made now that we've started going through like these kind of these classic TV shows
0: Uh yeah I think it'd be hard to, I, I think I'd want to have a little more knowledge on who I was recommending it to because it doesn't seem like it'd be for everybody Um I think if they're in into... the dramatic shows like this is fi- by far one of the best but I mean it'd be hard to recommend Hannibal to people even though how much I love that like here's a show about a cannibal like <laughs> but he does it in really in- interesting and intelligent ways like um, I think you have to know who you're talking to when you recommend it even though it's, it's kind of a uh, wild spray like if they're in for the concept I'm sure they'll love the show um, because I mean, that's what it hinges on, but like, especially nowadays, and I still haven't read that article you shared with me the other day, cause I made it to the point where it started spoiling the later episodes. And like, I didn't realize Todd's uncle's group were the Nazis people. And like you showed it was such this, what the world has kind of become like, it's not such a, I'm sure it was kind of outlandish there back a decade ago. But like now, it seems like everyday life for the most part, because people don't have healthcare and they're trying to figure out ways to pay for medical bills and everything like that. So,
1: yeah, and I think in in terms like there's always there was this, you know, Breaking Bad was a show that got more popular near the end. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know you talked about hearing about how all your friends and stuff binge, binge watched it, right, and got super caught up, and that's kind of what happened. Like right before that. Last season, uh, it, like I think it was all on Netflix, you know, and there was a yeah. I think this was
0: one R2. of the big. I think this was one of the big ones that Netflix got like at the right moment, and like nobody else was really st- doing streaming services well, and like this was such a big run that you could binge through that like the popularity came back, and I think like Walking Dead had just hit it off, so like AMC had their mark with some decent shows so like everybody was hearing everybody praise Breaking Bad and then they got into it for that last season so I don't know if I would have been able to make the last eight episode run waiting week to week because that would have been fucking difficult
1: for sure trust me I was there it was fucking rough (laughs) I watched that uh, season one was the only one like guys like I said I saw the second to last episode of season one was my first episode and then I watched it week to week from there and it was it was fucking rough sometimes, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. Hell yeah. So yeah, that's breaking back. Go watch it. now that you sat through the spoilers after we warned you. So uh yeah, go watch it. It's good stuff. Um from there, uh what'd you think of Serenity then?
1: I don't know that I wanna talk about it unless
0: you are cool oh, with
1: spoilers. You-
0: no, 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 I'll, I'll totally see it, so if you want to wait a week, we can talk about it later.
1: It is batshit insane.
0: <laughs> is it worth me going to, or would you rather just talk about it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll hold off, because I'll definitely see it this week, then. Um, you have to tell me why you didn't want to see Green Book.
1: Uh... Because I don't want this schmaltzy, let's make white people feel good about
0: racism movie. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, especially with <laughs> the movies we got last week, or last year, like Death Wish and whatnot. Um, trying to make sure these white people are are um, I don't know, relinquished of whatever wrongdoing they're it, past.
1: It's it's let's let's take away your guilt about racism by making you, like, a white person who got over it kind of thing, you know? And especially when, like, the dude it's based on, that Nick, whatever the hell his name is, like, just a few weeks ago was screaming on Twitter all these racist things. Like, yeah, I want to watch a movie about how you learned about how racism's bad, and now 30 years later you're still fucking shouting about racism.
0: Um, so I figured that was going to be the case when I walked into it. And I guess for the most part it is. Um, but on the other side, it's it's kind of this daily life and the shitstorm that other minorities have to put up with and, like, whites are kind of oblivious to. And, like, the fact that we don't give a shit about their plight. I, I mean, there's so much to impact from this movie, like, kind of.
1: On the surface level, be- it
0: is very much what you were thinking. Like, it's very much um, upside from the 50s.
1: Yeah, it's a white um, savior movie, and I can't do that right now. But uh, the only thing that did semi-intrigue me was Vigo Mortensen folds a pizza in half and eats it.
0: <laughs> yeah, total- so Vigo is this guy, this white Italian dude in the Bronx does odd jobs for people uh, mainly known as a bruiser and a bouncer Um, but the way he makes some extra cash is by food eating challenges for the most part like and like obviously it's kind of the depression era so like there's not a lot of money to go around so like these stupid little side bets and like him his friends challenging him 50 bucks that they can eat more hot dogs than him and like he's got this insatiable <laughs> desire to eat anything he can, so like he, uh yeah, he eats as much as he possibly can throughout the movie. And like you see him in the in his room at the end of the uh, and at the end of one of these nights with a full pizza that's not cut. He just folds it in half and starts eating it. Like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Um. But yeah, it's really, it's kind of ironic and meta in a way, like, so I took my parents to see this, and yeah. um, it was very those lines that, like, we can do better as people, but also the belligerent, like, white person that kind of shrugs and laughs off racism, so... Like all this is happening while the movie's unfolding and like these moments that are hitting it's like, oh, that's hmm. <laughs> a little too much. And like.
1: <laughs> so you this... pretty much watch the movie and immediately realize why I told you I didn't want to see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For 1000% sure. Um, But yeah. It, and then the movie ends with them realizing they aren't going to change each other and just being okay with that. And then wanting to become friends despite that. Um, because the white person, uh, it's, I think it's in the trailer, but like um, the, uh, not Vigo, but the other guy um, points out in the trailer that, he's in the rain and he's pissed off at him because he's not white enough he's not black enough because he can't understand his plight and um because just like well i mean that's how, how it's, that's how the cookie crumbles we all got it hard so nobody has it harder <laughs> and it's like obviously they have it very much harder than the white folk do so jesus yeah. christ yeah so that's the i was surprised like So the Green Book is titled. It's a is a book that um, Black motorists used in the early 1900s. So they would know um, safe places they could stay and whatnot without being harassed and whatnot like that. So cool. There's a um, from the movie.
1: Remember, oh fuck! Last year, I remember after Get Out got super big and. Uh, it was announced that Peel was going to do that HBO adaptation of the book, Lovecraft County. Yeah. And I read the book and that's a big part of the book too. Like uh, the family, the main characters, they travel around so they can write their almanac about where it's safe to drive for blacks and where to stop and stuff. So I knew that was hmm. a thing because of that.
0: Oh, hang on. nice. So yeah, that's that. Um, so on. Until... Oh, and also,
1: also, uh, the movie was directed by one of the Farrelly brothers, and, uh, it, uh, it came out during press for this, that, like, during something about Mary, he used to just whip his dick out in front of Cameron Diaz, because he thought it was funny. So, also, don't want to see it because of that.
0: <laughs> that's, that's perfectly normal, and I applaud you for knowing that, because if, had I known that, I would definitely wouldn't have gone to it, so. <laughs> um, did you watch anything else? Over this last week? Uh, I I don't think so. Um, I'd say the only other thing. Because it was your birthday this weekend. um, I didn't force you to watch Genlock. um, The new Rooster Teeth anime. Which is pretty fucking stellar. You Um, know that
1: wouldn't happen.
0: I really did. Um, I figured I might be able to guilt you into it. Um, it's got the same animation look from the uh, Godzilla animes The on Netflix. Oh, good.
1: That thing I hated.
0: But they made it work better than Godzilla did. Um, I think the cast is stellar. Um, the writing's really tight. Um, it, If you've seen other uh, Rooster Teeth productions like Red vs. Blue or Ruby, um, they're like 10-minute sh- bits of a two-hour movie. And this feels like a very fleshed out half-hour episode, um, series ongoing. So I'm interested to see how it unfolds. Um, obviously, I'm not going to force you to watch it because I don't think you'd like anime. So, but I think the the uh, it's still not on par with a, like a top tier studio, but it's getting there. Um, it's very, I wouldn't say clunky mocap, but it's it could use a little refinement, Um, but like the voice acting and whatnot. And like the uh, concept of the show is pretty, pretty great. Um, You're basically taking mines and kind of uh, having them control mechs uh, in this big all out uh, war that takes place on the U S soil. So yeah, I'm interested in it and enjoying the first two episodes so far. So, Mm. Um, from there um, the kid who would be king what did you think of it?
1: What did you think? Because you're the one who's all like I get a
0: rock hard for King Arthur stories I mean I get a rock hard for King Arthur stories so I was down <laughs> I I love this movie uh, it, it's a little childish obviously it's a child geared movie um, I would love to take my nephews to it I think it's great. works great for children um, I was great I was pleased to see it took place in the UK and not like it, it felt like it was going to be like a California like this random story in the middle of the US that didn't make any sense that pertained to them so um have it based in UK um and all the things they do with it I think it really worked well um kind of a, it was a like a Goosebumps movie like it's a good, <laughs> good kids movie
1: um, Which I don't know I if like, you've seen
0: the Goosebump movies.
1: I have. Not, have you seen both of them? Mm-mm. Okay.
0: I've seen the first one. The first one was good, and I was going to see the second one, but I just never. No, no um, it.
1: <laughs> I like um, I like the sentiment behind the themes in the film. I like the idea of them saying like, "Where we are right now, is broken, and we have no leaders, and everyone's at the bottom of the barrel, and we don't live by these." You know, these understandable codes of just, like, be nice to people and be true to yourself, and the only way we're going to fix it is by this younger generation. You know, like, this kid isn't uh, a descendant of, like, Arthurian lineage. He's just a kid who has that within him, and that's who's going to change the world and fix it. I really like all that stuff. Um, Mm. I don't think the movie works because it's very... It, it's it's really weird. It has no flow to it. Like, yeah. it makes it seem so long. Like, I knew the movie was two hours going in, but like at one point, uh, Hannah was like, "How much do you think? How much time do you think's left?" Can I go get some popcorn? And I was like, "Yeah, it should be like an hour and a half." And then I was like, "It has to have been an hour and a half. Why is this movie still on?" Okay, they killed Morgana. <laughs> oh wait, now it's still going. What the fuck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that was that was pretty good reasoning um uh it feels like what the hobbit book was like they took this big epic like i could have definitely seen them breaking this apart the trilogy Um, i'm glad they didn't because it kind of just wouldn't have made sense to do that but um getting from point to point to point and like kind of not having that connection connective tissue between the points Um, kind of diminishes it a little bit, but like Mm -hmm. I think that works for kids nowadays. With (laughs) I say that not knowing or not being around kids that often and just hearing the horror stories of ADHD and all that stuff on the internet, so true, yeah. Um, um, but why were you so then also, excited to see that like you were talking whoever uh, directed it you were excited from Attack on the Block last week so yeah have you seen Attack on the Block I have not oh my god we need to find it
1: one of these times and watch it it's so fucking great um, wow. but in terms of like actual directing I think it's fine I just don't think mm. it's a well edited film which would also fall on him in some aspect because he wrote it but you know like I dug, like, the setup and the idea of, like, that final battle and, like, how they were improvising all these weapons in the school and stuff. Like, I thought that was super inventive and that reminded me of Attack on the Block, but I don't know. It just didn't... Maybe it's just too kiddie for me, I guess. Yeah. Like I said, I enjoyed some I, of it, but I don't think it worked completely for me.
0: There, there's some detriments to this movie. Like, the props kind of look just not worthwhile. Um, like the whole movie could use a little bit refining touch. Um, probably a couple more people that like, like the CG was awesome. Like the flaming warriors and whatnot all looked awesome. Morgana was pretty great. Um, they should have done a different way to do Merlin because him popping in and out of an owl every five minutes was kind of distracting.
1: Um, and dude, like. They were just really into the idea of like, you're going to stare straight into the camera and slap your hands together a bunch because they did it like 17
0: times. <laughs> I mean, that's how magic works, right? <laughs> All I want to do is just start doing the, the slaps and the hits for that. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting enough movie. Uh, and I think it's a good lighthearted movie to, to have for the beginning of this year. Um, and honestly. And also, uh, like, uh,
1: <laughs> when. Uh, when the main kid showed up and like they were doing the credits, and it was, I saw it was Circus's kid. I was like, "Oh, I saw you play a wolf and get your head
0: cut off. This is gonna be weird." No, oh, glad well, I didn't know that coming in here. Uh, <laughs> also, the title of the movie is just really strange.
1: Oh yeah, that's what you are gonna pick upon.
0: I, it, it, I mean, it, nothing about the kid who would be king makes me want to see a movie. Like, there is no nothing really exciting. About any bit of that.
1: <laughs> what if they called it uh, Kid Arthur? Hmm?
0: Would that yeah, I like 100%. 100%. I would have brought it up in December that we're seeing this movie. <laughs> um, <sighs> but yeah, I think uh, the beginning of January really hasn't had any standout movies. Uh,
1: I don't know. You haven't seen Serenity oh.
0: <laughs> possibly Serenity. We'll probably discuss that next week. So,
1: Do you know what that Maybe. movie's about before, before I possibly make you see it? Do you know what it's about?
0: No, I have no idea. I know McConaughey's in it and Anne Hathaway. Yep. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Ooh.
1: Ooh. Uh, so I guess I know how one. to sell you on it. I know how I can sell you on it. You uh, already
0: did. It's from... McConaughey's got me.
1: Uh, mcconaughey's ass may as well be a supporting character because you see it so fucking much um <laughs> uh the other part is uh it's written and directed by the guy who did lock and i know you really like that
0: mm. hell yeah i'm totally in then so we'll watch that next week uh let's talk about polar too um polar's on netflix i just found out today that it's a wordless web comic so I'm gonna probably read through that this week and then talk about it more next week. But how do you feel about the Netflix? Uh, well, it's weird because adaptation.
1: like, it's a I one as soon as I as soon as the opening scene, this is based on a comic book. They're doing the stupid freeze frames with the names coming up. I was like, it's it's based on a comic, okay. Mm. And then when the credits rolled, I was like, cool, there it is. Um, uh, so I looked into it and it is a wordless web because the the artist he doesn't like to not work so like when he's in between jobs or waiting for scripts on books he's working he was doing this to keep honing his craft right nice. and keep himself sharp uh, but then I guess Dark, Dark Horse released a collection of it and they put a script in on that <laughs> so it's really weird I'm not um, but uh, it's not a good movie um I wanna like this movie. It, I want to, and there's parts of it I like. Yeah. But it's so it's so totally incohesive mm-hmm. that it does not work.
0: Um I, I like every bit of if Mad's on screen, I'm I'm into it. Any other part is kind of like ooh. Because it's yeah. such a and like, it's it's Mads does a such a great part, but it feels like he's in a different movie than everybody else is. And even, but that's not even true either, because then there's times where it straight
1: feels like he's in that movie. Yeah, like uh,
0: like when they come to when his, they're
1: doing like the his when they come to his cabin and they're doing like the whole like uh, it reminded me of shoot 'em up with like this extended yes! real sex sequence that, that led it. to him
0: killing people. <laughs> um. Yeah, um, it, it, but you know, it feels you, like he's the. You have mad the
1: uh, old man. You know, he's that... running. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's weird because like the scenes with like him trying to figure out how to be retired and live this solitude life out in the woods. It could be like this introspective drama that's not super like new or revelatory, but then he's you know like shooting a guy naked in a snowstorm on top of a tree like, like he's the goddamn predator, you know, yeah. and, and it's it's just weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's so ridiculous. Like, all the other characters just feel completely make-believe, and he's, like, the only realistic assassin. But even and, like, then,
1: not, even then, I'm not sure that's true, because there's, like, scenes uh... where, like, he goes to a school and teaches them how to assassinate people and <laughs> shows some dead body
0: pictures I mean yeah if you're uh, a retired assassin that's what you do it's just what you do he's a teacher now um, plus
1: plus this this agency this Damocles that's an untenable fucking business plan you guys have <laughs> who's ever gonna work for you after they realize you get killed when you try to retire
0: yeah yeah uh, but Richard Dreyfus made it, and he's kind of obviously just the the only contact of anybody over fifty from that company.
1: Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Um, I think there's some real gross, like male gazy stuff yeah. with um the younger group of assassins, and how that one is literally just used as a, a sex object in the camera. Like that whole opening with Knoxville and like the camera zooming in on her ass and stuff and she's blowing him and it's super gross. Like I was just like Ooh, that wasn't I don't know the
0: the this. grossest part was the dick joke at the end of his death. <laughs> 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 Obviously he took a uh, a boner pill and like it deflated as they left after killing him. It's just so ridiculous. And also As they're
1: singing what's fucking Earth Wind and Fire. <laughs>
0: What sniper doesn't kill somebody the first shot? This is awful. Awful assassins.
1: Yeah, like, what the fuck? They're terrible assassins. They're like, you're gonna... Okay, one, the sex pot. You're gonna go blow him. And while you're blowing him, I'm gonna shoot him in the shoulder so the other guys coming in can shoot him later? What? No, just take a headshot. Jesus Christ. I Mad, love
0: <laughs> Mad. just gets in there, gets done, gets the hell out of there. Like, he fucking nails a giant guy to the wall, takes out all his friends, and then kills him after getting the information he needs, and just fucking walks away.
1: Like, yeah, but that scene's so great when yeah. he's like, you realize like how ahead of everyone he is because he's like, is you know, he kills the guy and then calls, was like, "Can I take the job?" Knowing it's a setup, and they're like, "Yeah," and then immediately shows like, "Job's done. Give me my money. I'm out."
0: Mm-hmm. Um, also, the uh, hallway scene with him and like thirty henchmen. That's pretty great, but then there's like three days of torture didn't make a whole ton of sense. No, and I wasn't
1: a fan of it. It's so cliche Um, and lame, and I don't know.
0: And then to get the buildup of him, he's gonna do so so many bad things to this guy that tried killing him, and he just cuts his head off, throws out the window, and you don't (laughs) even get the scene of him killing him, like. But I think there were some things that could have been explored better. Obviously, the uh, Chicky goes to you when he's so fucking beat up and exhausted. Like, um, well, the problem is I feel here. like, like, yeah. I feel
1: like all of the female characters are relegated to how they prop up his character. That they're almost all mm-hmm. entirely throwaway. You yeah. know, there's there's the the prostitute in Belarus who he literally just uses as a distraction to get the kill and the former lover who patches him up and was like i was hoping you'd come back because you loved me not because you needed the guns and it's just like make these characters their own thing don't use them to prop up the male characters
0: yeah yeah for sure so um yeah it's all right and and the
1: whole idea of like leaving it open for a sequel at the end was kind of like uh, come on guys really do you think that's gonna happen
0: yeah uh, also the um, the quick shots of uh, his memories like the when he was shooting out the uh, tech, or limo whatever mm-hmm. and, and like that just <sighs> had they not shown that I think it would have been a <laughs> A little bit better, anyway. Um, but that was so disengaging from the the regular story that um, when that finally played out, like it's like you didn't have to do that.
1: <laughs> and also, like I mean, is Vanessa Hudgens that old? Because she looked like she was forty in this movie.
0: But no, that was surprising to me. Um, I just watched her. Uh, she just did hot ones on YouTube, like last month and I just watched it uh, yesterday and she promoted this movie from last month and I was like oh that's interesting and like she's definitely like just barely over 21 I think so it was really strange <laughs> but yeah she yeah. definitely seemed like she was played off as 40 so so that's this week uh, what are we watching next week then?
1: Next week is going to be a fun little experiment for us to start. We got uh, a new ongoing program we'll be starting. And we got some stuff in theater and some other regular stuff. Uh, so it's a full week. Um, theatrically, we get to watch that uh, Gina on Rodriguez on movie. What? Hang on a
0: second. Vanessa Hudgens is 30 years old. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. She, she was in high school musical and like Spring Breakers. And that's pretty much it
1: oh have you seen spring breakers because
0: that's something. i have not
1: spring break forever
0: oh <laughs> uh, what's so funny is like while she was doing her hot one she was discussing how uh that movie played out and like it was such a ridiculous movie to film but when franco was on set he was just like he was all serious business like let's get this done so i'm kind of intrigued to see it so it's something. So uh, it's then what are we watching
1: next week then? Uh, theatrically we get to go see Miss Bala that uh, Gina Rodriguez infiltrating that Mexican crime lord movie.
0: Nice.
1: Um, we are going to watch the new Netflix movie uh, oh fuck what's it called? Velvet Buzzsaw? Velvet Chainsaw? Something like that? Ooh. It's, uh, it's like- Jake Gyllenhaal and Uh, director Gilroy they did Nightcrawler together a couple years ago oh nice and it's the new movie about like this art world it looks dope I'm so excited for it I just can't remember the name Velvet Buzzsaw I think we'll figure it out
0: yeah that's
1: that's alright then uh, since we are done with Breaking Bad we will be starting our next series which you decided would be Battlestar Galactica so we're gonna watch the three hour miniseries that started it. Nice. Uh, which like, dude, all I'm going to say is like, I love BSG. Um, and knowing what you like about sci-fi, there's no way you're not going to love it too.
0: Fuck. Yeah. That's what I want to (laughs) hear.
1: Um,
0: (laughs) and then, uh, we,
1: um, we're having a conversation the other night. Uh, I asked you to pick a random number and you decided upon 35. Uh, so, on weeks, I've decided we're not going to do it every week. Because, you know, when okay. shit's, like, loaded, we're not going to be able to. But, uh, so, 35 into the 50, whatever, 45 weeks we have left this year or whatever, we'll get through all 35, but <laughs> we're going to watch the 35 top-rated movies on IMDb and the 35 lowest-rated movies on IMDb
0: to get mm. uh <laughs> Woof.
1: Yeah. I thought you
0: were going with the 100 AFI ones. So.
1: Well, the thing was, like, I was like, we can find lots of lists of like the greatest movies ever made, but there's not a lot of like the worst movies, and I feel like we need that dichotomy to see what's considered (laughs) bad and what's good. Nice. So.
0: Um. Is Is Citizen Kane on that list?
1: You know, I'm sure it is, but I don't know. I didn't really look that far
0: uh see when we were when you were talking about the afi list i was like we're definitely gonna have to sit through citizen kane and i think it's gonna play more towards you than it is me and it's <laughs> gonna be a very uh polarizing conversation but if but it's the not, thing with some it. of this is you know
1: <laughs> well i think we'll get to like you know like the afi greatest american movies ever eventually sure. uh i think this is gonna be more geared towards like populist films and not exactly like the best films you know i think we're gonna yeah, see yeah. like i'm sure there's gonna be a fucking batman movie and one of nolan's you know dark knight's gonna be on there and i'm sure like the matrix is gonna be on there you know but it'll be fun to go through what uh are considered like some of the best movies of like populist versus criticism you know
0: so so what are we uh starting out with the next week
1: so we are starting off with city lights a uh this is number 35 on the best list it is a charlie chaplin film so that'll be interesting going back to like the 30s um and then on the worst list i don't know it's a movie called like gun or Gunday or whatever but we'll figure out what that is too so. <laughs> uh interesting huh. enough like when i was trying to see like i also am like trying to make sure we have access to them you know but the worst movie streaming for free on prime the good movie i'm gonna have to rent it
0: (laughs) (laughs) nice um also uh into the night starts this week right i am the night
1: no it started last it started this week
0: well it it started this week but since we're recording after it started we're gonna start that for next week right
1: Nah, we'll, I'll try it, I guess. I mean, I'm not, I really don't care about we'll, the Black Dahlia We'll try out the
0: pilot. What. Really? You well, don't, if you don't want to watch it, I don't give a shit.
1: Oh, I mean, we can try if it. I mean, it. okay. I mean, if you really want to watch something about the Black Dahlia, we can watch that bad Brian De Palma movie with Josh Hartnett and Two-Face.
0: See, I thought we were going to watch Zodiac because of I Am The Night, but if you don't want to watch Zodiac, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I hate
1: that movie. <laughs> so it's weird i I was just like i'm not really because i was trying to figure out why you were like let's watch zodiac because i don't like it and i was like i don't know why he's pushing
0: zodiac but now i guess i get
1: it. Mm -hmm. but we'll get there we'll we'll try it i was gonna watch it last night but i fell asleep so
0: okay fair enough so yeah watch that stuff and we'll catch you next week for that wonderful fun discussion so uh peace peace out and pineapples
1: All that good stuff.